Hi, and welcome to Quest, a vineyard church where we strive to live life as friends with faith through knowing God, loving others, and making a difference. If you're new, there will be information at the end of this podcast to help you plug in at Quest both in person and online. Now, let's dive into this week's teaching. walking in. We've got a minor uh, minor adjustment of schedule today. We found out at about 9.13 that Daryl Evans was unable to be with us this morning. He, uh, he had sent a message to Dusty, but Dusty has a really good uh, work-life balance uh, habit where he doesn't check his uh, work email. And so uh, we never got the notice until about 9.13. He's been, uh, unfortunately, throwing up all night, still throwing up this morning, and I'm not sure we wanted to put a doggy bag out on the stage and let him lead us like that. So uh, we're going to do a little bit of something different. Let me just uh, go through some of the announcements, and then I'm, I'm going to lead you through something uh, just a little bit different this morning as we continue our service today. For a message today, I'm going to warn you ahead of time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something that I thought about doing during the last series, but we ran out of time. We didn't have time, and so it's not going to be polished. I didn't actually prepare for it because we took it off the books before I ever decided to prepare for it. It was just, it was just a raw idea. Our last series was convers- called Conversations. It was a series on prayer. And in that, I invited all of us to really focus on prayer this summer as a growth point for all of us. And we made a lot of different reasons why we should do that during the last series. Uh, and I really want to emphasize that again today. And I'm going to just be telling you straight up front, I'm going to ask you to do something in just a little bit that might be out of your comfort zone. And I want to give you permission to say no to that. I don't want to push anybody too far beyond what you're comfortable with. But I do want you to stretch yourself as we get into this message a little bit further. And what we're going to do, it's, it's going to be more of an active, even interactive thing. In fact, uh, we didn't we didn't have any questions first service, but if uh, do you still have that? Okay, so we're still good to go on that. If you've got any questions that you had even about um, the last prayer series or anything I say this morning, you can text them to JMS JMS four one nine. Oh, it's on the screen. And uh, at the end of the service, after we do some stuff, I may even take some time to answer those questions if you've got them so we can do some interactive stuff. But there's a scripture um, that I want to focus on for a minute this morning and then lead us into kind of an active application of it. It's in Hebrews 6, so if you've got your smartphones or your Bibles with you, you can look it up. It's not going to show up on the screen because... Uh, well, Daryl canceled and we weren't that prepared <laughs> to do it today. So Hebrews 6, um, verse 1. And it's been this puzzling verse for me for years, and I still have a lot of questions around it, but I find it a really fascinating verse. It says this, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ. So what, what, what the writer of Hebrews is doing here is he's, he's challenging these people who have been following Jesus for a long time to move beyond the basics. There's a little bit of a confrontation in it, but it's really more of just this invitation. And he, and he goes on to define a little bit about what it, what it is. So let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again... And then he starts listing these foundational things that if we're going to be followers of Jesus, these need to become almost second nature to us. Not just in thought, but in our habits and the way we deal with our emotions and the way we think about life on a daily basis and the way we process life. These need to be second nature to us. 
And he says, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death. Now, we've talked about repentance a lot, and this is just, this, this foundation for us is, is just the idea that how frequently and how quickly do we recover in life from, say, when we sinned or when we're really hurt or when we're really disappointed? How quickly do we recover and return our focus to turning toward God? You see, uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but the temptation for me is when I, when I do something sinful, when I, when I, when I hurt somebody or when somebody wrongs me or when I'm disappointed, I want to get angry and I want to solve it myself. And sometimes because God didn't act in the way I want or I feel like I did something wrong, I struggle with that age old feeling we all struggle with that God is angry at me and he's at a distance from me. And this foundation of repentance for us to find peace, for us to grow, for us to be able to continue to walk, is how quickly do we manage our emotions, how quickly do we manage our self-talk that we get into, and turn ourselves back to Jesus and focusing on him. That's the foundation of repentance. And I just hit a button here that I didn't need to hit. So we're going to get back. And then he goes on to the next one. Foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God. And then the next one is instruction about cleansing rites. And what he's talking about here is he's talking, the, the, the Hebrews is written to a, a Jewish culture that, that incorporated a lot of the Jewish rituals as part of their meaning for God. It can be rich. Uh, traditions are just fine. We can all have different traditions, and they don't really explain what they are that lead us to God, and they're just fine. So he's, he's going back to this audience's foundational habits and things that led them to consistently connect with God. He's talking about that. doesn't give any more information, so we'll go on. The next one he talks about is the laying on of hands. We're going to come back to that in a moment. And then he talks about the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And, and I find that fascinating that this is the list of the foundational things that we need to grasp if we're really going to be followers of Jesus we need to understand the fact that God is not just this God of mercy all the time. I mean, he is. He's the most amazingly patient, kind, forgiving being in the entire universe. He's, his patience is, he overlooks our sins on a regular basis and says, you're still my son or daughter. He overlooks the grossest of sins and is still offering forgiveness to the worst of the people on the planet, loving them because he created them for something good. He's so amazingly good, and we love that message. But we also have to understand that there's also this foundation of there is at some point a line to be drawn. There is at some point justice to be had and judgment will come. It, it, for, for on the whole, if you understand the arc of the scriptures, it's, it's when Jesus comes again. But even now there is times when justice comes. And it's so easy in our culture to get into this sloppy thing of, of just saying, well, whatever you believe is good, whatever works for you is fine. Well, that's not the Christian doctrine. And that's not what Christ teaches. That's not who it is. That's not what love is. Love without any boundaries is not love at all. And it's just a reminder for us because it's really difficult when our, when our friends or family members get caught in the culture's sins around us 
for us to start to want to try to morph ourselves to say that that's just, that's just okay. That's okay because we love them so much. And it, and it might be okay from a standpoint of people being saved and still going to heaven because God saves us all even though we're not perfect and his forgiveness is perfect for us. But it still isn't okay from a healthy standpoint of living life. And he invites us to settle that issue in ourselves. And, and the previous to that, he says the resurrection of the dead. And I don't know about you, but we, in talking about prayer, uh, still for me one of the biggest barriers is this idea that he's getting at in this resurrection of the dead. The fact that things are not completely settled yet. We live in this world where Jesus has won everything but the kingdom is not fully established yet, is another way that the Bible says it. The kingdom is still breaking in. So we can pray, and sometimes we see that healing, and sometimes we don't. We can, we can lurk for justice, and sometimes justice is achieved, and sometimes it's not. And, and, and when we struggle with this, it tends to make us not pray. Because we get angry, right? When, when things aren't right and we want it right now, but it's not. But this resurrection of the dead is the idea that we can trust that it will one day be right, but we also have to wrestle and live in this time where it's not fully right. And will we continue to still turn towards God in that time? Will we continue to take risks and pray even when we don't see the answers to prayer when we think we should or like we want to see them? And then I want to get back to the laying on of hands again. It's this idea, and it's curious to me that this is put as one of the foundational aspects of our faith. But I don't think it's something that most of the church and many of us really, really fully get in America today. It's this idea that God, goes going back to our prayer thing, that God wants to touch people through us. In the last series, we talked about why pray, right? And what, what was one of the reasons we, we said? We said one of the reasons why we pray isn't, I mean, God knows everything, right? He, he's all-powerful. He doesn't necessarily need us to pray in one sense, but why pray? Well, the Bible teaches us that God places the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And prayer is our also, not just engaging in conversation with him, but prayer is also us releasing that power out into the world around us to touch people around us. And that's what laying on of hands is all about. It's a very personal thing. We talk a lot about living life as friends with faith, right? We talk about wanting to reach our world one person at a time. It's a very personal thing. But how many times when somebody asks you or brings up a need for prayer, do you say, well, I'll pray for you, but then you go home and you pray in your living room while they're in their living room across town? See, this foundational thing that, that the Bible's teaching us is, is God doesn't only release through the power of our prayer, but he releases through the power of our presence with people and even our touch of people. He wants to be personal. And since his Holy Spirit's in you, one of the, way the, one of the ways the Holy Spirit engages other people is through you touching, laying hands on people, and praying for them. Now, there's a, maybe a little bit broader, re, broader reasoning to what laying on of hands is. I get that. Some of you theologians, you'll, you might argue with me so that there's a little bit broader. But that is the core basic of this faith. Will we take the risk of praying for people in person? You see, we all want our faith to work, right? We want it to be valuable. We want it to be something that makes a difference in our life and in other people's lives. 
And another place, forgive me, I didn't look up the address of this in between services and I forget addresses, but another place Paul says the gospel is not about words only or ideas only, but about what? Power. Power. The powerful presence of God. The, power of pre- the powerful presence of God that brings life change. The powerful presence of God that gives us a thought of a way to get through a situation when we don't have a way to get through. That maybe we give it to somebody else or for a friend. Maybe even gets us a thought for a friend. Or the power of God that brings healing. Or the power of God that brings provision to a setting. And we know it's there. And sometimes it's just simply the power of God that we sense that reminds us that God is real. Maybe for no other purpose than reminding us that God is with us and God is real. We sense a power. Now, what is that like? I mean, we can, there's been times I've been prayed for for healing and been healed and I felt nothing physically. There's times I've been prayed for and been healed and I felt what a lot of people throughout the centuries have talked, this just intense, beautiful heat this presence of God. There's times I've been prayed for and I've sensed the God's presence in a physical way so strongly that it was hard to stand up and I needed to sit down. God can show up in any way he wants and his presence can show up in any way way he wants. But what he's saying is one of the foundational things of our faith is if we as people would work with him in a way that we're willing to be personal in praying for people and taking that risk. Now, why don't we? A lot of times we don't because it takes, because sometimes we pray for people and we go, why do I want to raise their hopes of being healed when they might not be, right? That's uncomfortable. I mean, is it uncomfortable for you? It's uncomfortable for me to pray for somebody for healing knowing that they might not be healed. Am I just raising their hopes? Am I dashing their hopes? What, what's going on? You know, that's uncomfortable. But, but, you know, somebody was reminding me again, I've said it before, but somebody told me another aspect of the story in between. John Wimber, the founder of the vineyard of which we're affiliated with, uh, when they started feeling like God was telling them to pray for people for healing, he said, not only did he pray for 500 people before he saw the first person healed, but he said about the first 10 or 20 he prayed for, half of them died. In fact, it got bad enough that there were people who said, I don't want you to pray for me because those guys died. <laughs> right? I mean, but he pressed through and then and, and then became one of these great leaders. He's, he's no longer with us. But he became one of these great leaders who saw many people healed. I, I don't know why sometimes healing happens more often than others. Uh, there have been times in my life where I've prayed for 200 people before I get to see somebody healed. There's been times, uh, short periods of time in life where I prayed for 25 people before I get to see somebody physically healed or, in, or, or touched in a, a tangible way that they go, that was clearly God. And, and I don't know why the different seasons and why the different ratios But what God is saying here is a foundation of our faith. If we want a faith that works, if we want a faith that makes a difference, and if we want to know that he's real, is that we press through that discomfort. And we actually don't just say, I'll pray for you when I'm home, praying over my meal with my kids. But we actually take time, we lay our hands on their shoulders, and we pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come. Now, 
first service, it was easy because I had a whole bunch of guinea pigs. I, I called all the high schoolers down here who were going on the mission trip, and we just had them spread out. And had a, you know, so we automatically had 10, 12 people we could pray for. And then we asked for anybody in the audience with physical issues or anything they wanted prayer for to raise their hand. So we don't have the guinea pigs that are on their way to Chicago. Uh, but I want to, I want to just take some time and I, this is where I'm going to ask you to be awkward and uncomfortable in this. Anybody here who has a physical issue that needs healing that you would be willing to let anybody, let people pray for you, would you just raise your hand? Anybody at all? Okay, would you stand up and just say standing so people can see who you are? Thank you very much for taking that risk and letting this happen, okay? Anybody else that would like prayer for anything else? You don't even have to tell people what you want prayer for, but if you're like facing a big decision or or, or you're just um, dealing with some huge emotion because of something going on and you just want God to come and touch you in that, you don't even have to tell people what they are, they're praying for you about. But so if you want to keep it private, that's fine. If you'd be willing to be prayed for, would you raise your hand and stand up as well? Go ahead. All right. Now, okay, let's, let's get awkward. I want everybody to get up. Even if, even if you're too uncomfortable to do this, I want you to at least get up and stand around the edges of it, okay? And be there with it. And, and, and I want you to come around and we just gather around them. So why don't, so we got like three people here. Some of you, just to make it easier, since everybody stood up now, nobody can see who's being prayed for. Would you mind just stepping out in the aisle on either the sides or down front and just spreading yourself out if you're willing to be prayed for so people who know who you are? Okay. If you haven't already picked somebody you're going to pray for, to look at the people in the aisle or down front and pick somebody and go to them right now, okay? I know this is uncomfortable. We, you know, I know we're a vineyard church, and, but, and, and we're, there are some people who are really comfortable with this and some people who are not. So I'm just stretching everybody's comfort zone because I want us to grow in this today. So here's how I want you to start. Since this is all about the Holy Spirit being released within us and released to touch them, I, I just want you to start by... Uh, quietly saying or asking the Holy Spirit to come and ask Him what He wants to do. Anybody not have somebody praying for them yet? Right here, we got two here. Anybody? Can, can anybody come? You're okay. You're okay. okay. You're good. Okay. Anybody that wanted prayer, not bring prayer, prayed for. Okay, so just begin by asking the Holy Spirit to come. And then I want you to trust. We've talked in the past about how God speaks to us in many different ways. He can speak to us through a word, through an impression, through a scripture, through a picture, uh, through our thoughts. So I want you to trust that God's going to answer that prayer for the Holy Spirit to come and show you what to pray and how to pray. And I can tell you right off the bat what's going to happen is some of you are going to have thoughts or ideas come into mind and you're going to start to argue, oh, that's just me, that's just me, that's not God. And and maybe it is just you. So just sit with that thought and relax into that thought and trust that maybe it's God. And if it sticks around, then just just pray it. And if you're wrong, we give everybody permission to say that's hogwash, that's okay. I mean, we're just practicing here, it's fine. Um, and then just pray that and then see what God does and, and, and just stick with it for a while. This is going to be a couple-minute process. Stick with it for a while. And if you're praying for healing, uh, maybe after 30 seconds or a minute, just ask the person if they're sensing anything, if God's touching them, if they sense God touching them. No pressure to say yes. Okay, just say what's real. 
and, and just be relaxed with it. And if, but if God is doing something and showing up and, and they're feeling something, then pray more about that, okay? Um, if somebody, if you're not praying about healing and somebody uh, says, I feel like God gave me a picture or a scripture or a word for you, then ha- you know, ask them, does that make sense? And if it doesn't make sense, that's okay. If it makes sense and speaks to it, then you may want to pray about that some more, okay? So let's just make this a relaxed time and let's ask the Holy Spirit to come, okay? So just do that now. That's where we begin. Just say, Holy Spirit, come. Okay, if you want to keep praying, feel free to keep praying. Otherwise, if you're, if you're done, feel free to head back to your seats. We're going to move on, but if you want to keep praying, you can keep praying even while I'm talking and doing stuff. What you're doing is more important than what I'm going to do. So let me ask a question. From, from any of those people who were being prayed for, did you sense God doing something either through a word or did you sense God coming to you and touching you? Even if you're not fully healed, would you mind just saying what that was and sharing it? Yeah. Yeah, good. Actually, two weeks from now, really looking forward to that. Joe's going to be joining me. Uh, he's got his doctorate in organizational psychology and a whole bunch of other certifications. And as part of our Room to Breathe series, we're going to be talking about some really, really practical ways we can care for ourselves to recover in the stress of our lives so we maintain a high level of performance in life. And he's got some really amazing uh, insights to share with that. So you're going to love that message. Anybody else? (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Anybody else want to share? Praying for me and um, some things that I've been struggling in, in in my life that we didn't share about, she brought up, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was talking to me in that. That's cool. Isn't that cool? I mean, what what wonderful, what, what a better way to know that God cares about us than for somebody who doesn't know what's going on to name what God, what we're concerned about. And that's what he wants to do through us. And you can, I mean, I don't know, did, Wendy, did you even feel anything when you did that or was you just kind of throwing it out there? I mean, you know, there's, yeah. So it's, I mean, you can be, sometimes we don't pray for people because we think we need to feel a ton or they need to feel a ton. And, and sometimes we do, right? Sometimes we do. And those are really the fun, exciting times. But sometimes we just, we have an idea that comes to mind. We go, I think this might be God. And all of a sudden you go, wow, that really was. And you had no feeling in the process. But God wants to use us. Are we giving God a chance to do that in our lives? And as we, as we continue to pray for our five, as we continue to try to change one life at a time, do we give him that opportunity for us to lay our hands on somebody's shoulder and them to sense God's comfort or God's power or God's healing or for God to give us a word that we couldn't know that would make him real to them in that moment. That's really what this laying on of hands thing is all about. It, it, it's not, I mean, it's fine to go ahead and pray in your, in your living room at home for people separate too, but there's this idea... There's a guy named Oral Roberts. Some of you guys know him. I went to the college there. And he's got a lot of, you know, I, li- I, was, I was at ORU when he was going through his late life crisis. And there were, 
lots of pluses and minuses, regardless of what you think about him and some of the things he did. He was a sincere man in pursuing God and pursuing the power of the Spirit. And there's one one really valuable uh, uh, concept I learned from him. He, he always, used to always talk about God always uses a point of contact. He used that phrase, a point of contact. We have many points of contact in the Christian faith. A celebrating communion is a point of contact. Uh, laying on of hands is a point of contact. But this this idea that God created us as emotional, physical beings and sometimes <clears throat> to encounter the supernatural, to encounter the spiritual, we do a physical action as a point of contact to help that happen. And for whatever reason, the Bible teaches that this whole idea of laying on of hands and praying for each other to release the power of the Spirit in us to talk to others is one of those points of contact. And see, it's kind of like a light switch has points of contact. When they actually touch, the power goes on. And if you never flip the switch, you're in the dark. And it's one of those things in our life that God's inviting us to. Are we willing to flip the switch more often? Even when it doesn't happen, are we willing to overcome that barrier of feeling uncomfortable that we prayed for 20 people and 19 pe- and, and, and one of them got healed and 19 of them didn't and there's a sense of disappointment. In fact, if you're here today and you were being prayed for healing, I could easily see that you would go away from this moment feeling disappointed if you didn't experience that. Okay. Can we even for ourselves in terms of building our friendships and our relationships get over that feeling so we will keep asking for people to pray for us even when it doesn't happen and letting go of the stress of God's not angry with me if I didn't get healed today. God's not judging me. This person who got healed over here is not better than the person over here who didn't get healed. I don't understand the mystery of that. A lot of theologians try to uh, try to explain that. There are a few keys in there we talked about in the why question message of the last series that might be something we could ask questions about. But let's just stay away from the guilt and let's engage this piece of this power of, of prayer. Okay. That's that's the simple lesson for today. Not a real polished message. Corey, would you come back and, and, and Elise, would you come back and just lead us as we continue to worship? And would you just ponder those thoughts and just, even as we go into some more worship, would you just ask God and the, the Holy Spirit to make himself more real to you and to give you eyes to see this week who you can pray for, who you can touch. I was just talking with somebody between services today. Uh, he came up to me and said, you know, You've challenged me to take this risk and be more real present in my workplace or in my daily stuff. He says, he says, I went to the dealership this last week and I was praying the whole time, God, who do you want me to talk to today? And who, who are you going to bring across my path to talk to today? Because I'm willing to do this. And he said, out of the blue, the service manager brings his keys back and says, here you go. And he saw him reading a book. And the book was something about sharing faith. And he goes, you know, God's been pursuing me like crazy lately. And I don't understand it. And he had just prayed that morning, God, would you show me somebody I can talk with today? And he just carried a book and wasn't even thinking about it. So let's just believe that God's going to do that also through our prayers for other people. Okay, let's worship. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon audio. If you are loving Quest podcast, let us know on Facebook or Twitter by using the hashtag GoToQuest. 
For more information about Quest, who we are, and what we do, or if you would like to help support Quest financially, please visit us at gotoquest.org. That's G-O-T-O-Quest.org. 